Hey, this is the father. And I'm the son from Father and Son Watch Horror Movies, and you're listening to the Huh Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Let's get into it. This is Gang Alley Media, where faith, family, and pop culture collide like a bloody train wreck. Hey everybody, we are back. Our podcast with one you now. Yes, one you. One you. This is Dino. And Michelle. Yep. And we I, got... I forgot my name for a second. <laughs> We've got uh two very special guests. You've heard me talk about this podcast time and time again. This is the Father and Son Watch Horror Movies podcast. We have Pastor Matt and Jackson the Son. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Are you there, Jackson? Speak up, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm just seething in jealousy because my dad got to come on last year, all the way back in April. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just now getting a piece of the whole podcast. Uh, I'm going to make up for that now. I think this evening is going to be a little bit of uh, wish fulfillment for me. Oh. <laughs> well, the thing that is crazy is that we've actually talked to you guys on your podcast but you know we had our you know audio issues and that never made the light of day <laughs> well yeah that was uh, that was our software issues that was my my wife is constantly toying around with new software uh she you know just geeks out about any new software she's oh you got to try this a buddy of mine uses the best software ever uh no it was terrible absolutely awful <laughs> oh man so but yeah so now we've got this going on and you know i'll just re you know go over what we have gone over a little bit that you know your podcast and our podcast are really kind of in the same vein as far as being christian families that love horror movies yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, that's what drove me to you guys is, wow, I'm not the only Christian out there that <laughs> loves horror, wants to talk about horror, and wants, is introducing my kids to horror, you know, albeit, you know, Jackson is a bit older than my youngest, who is my biggest horror fan right now, <laughs> but that's kind of what I wanted to uh dive into today you know the bible says train up a child in the way you should go this is not what they had in mind <laughs> but um, still applicable <laughs> oh man i mean if anyone's gonna take the scripture out of context <laughs> you know, might as well do it in a fun way <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> uh, but yeah like uh, tt's all excited because this week is uh She's going to get to spend Saturday watching something horror related with daddy. Cause I'll have the other two doing their young Marine things. And ah. she's all excited. What are you guys going to watch this week? Um, we're going to watch a movie that came out when I was eight years old. I might've seen it way too young, <laughs> but now my daughter has because I actually found it for $2. Not 
See, uh, I buy that for a dollar, but at our family video that is going out of business. As Killian oh. would say, big sad. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. Jackson has Jackson has a family video near him too. I don't. Jackson, is yours going out of business? Yeah, I'm sure it's going under soon. It was still open last time I checked, but uh, every time I was in there, I was the only one in there. So it's probably only a matter of time, which is sad because, you know, I didn't grow up with with um, video stores so much. Blockbuster was dying when I was growing up, but uh, it was a nice little experience to go in and kind of immerse myself in what it would have been like just 10 years ago. You know, that's all you had. You didn't know. Um, and uh, it's all it's all but gone. It's an artifact of the past. They're going to be like dinosaur bones. The blockbuster signs and cards are going to be buried in the mud. They're going to think that we had some like religious ties to them. <laughs> we we, we have we actually have a piece of that history that's going to be moving into our house soon because we went to ours and we bought one of their racks. Yep. Oh, cool. <laughs> to hold all of our movies. Now I went in thinking, you know, okay, we wanted to go find out how much the racks were, and I'm figuring they're going to be you know fifty to a hundred dollars. I would think that would be reasonable. Right. I mean, they're rather large pieces. We went in five bucks. Oh, you're kidding. Nope. No. Five dollars. Wow. All they wanted for the rack. Yep. And this is six shows, double sided. It, um, it's about as tall as me. Yeah. It's about five and a half feet tall. And well, that would be taller than me. Okay. And about <laughs> and about what? Four or five feet wide. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's a big rack and it was five dollars. So we haven't been able to move it into the house yet. So it's in the carport, but yeah. So we're we're gonna have a, a piece of history from family video in our house. That is so cool. I'm jealous. The, oh. yeah, the Jackson, go and check yours. Make sure you know see if they're because they are they have. Um, Family Video hasn't made the announcement. They are closing all stores. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm running out of space for my Blu-rays. So yeah, yep. maybe so I'll go, go check go, that out. Yeah, go check them. See if you can get one of those racks. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I kind of buried the lead, I think, oh, in I'm that. I'm sorry. But uh, we will be watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I remember, yeah, well, that was 82. My dad took me and my brothers to see it. And it kind of did irreparable damage. <laughs> to me to be honest so, if i can pass that forward you know well unfortunately for mr carpenter you're one of the few people who went to see it in the theater so yeah i know <laughs> and i think the week before we saw et so you know we had both sides of that coin that year. yeah <laughs> um but yeah so how because we we talked about this testament with you growing up a uh preacher's kid but not growing up you know a christian per se right and then you know then being a pastor and a horror lover and so how did being a christian father pastor bringing up your son to enjoy horror movies what was there a way there <laughs> it's 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 really odd um I've kind of I've told people when people have asked me about this, it must be genetic because <laughs> what happened was when when you know I couldn't wait for Jackson to get older because even when he was like four or five, we were like on the same page. But you know his mother didn't want me to show him horror movies, but 
So we started off like, and Jackson, you correct me if, if I'm wrong, but my memory is we started off with like the original Star Trek, Star Wars, Planet of the Apes, a lot of sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And I used to drive him to school. We went to a private school for, you know, for many years. And I, I drive him to school and we'd listen to audiobooks. I remember we listened, Jackson, you remember we listened to Dune um, and we, and Dune and, and also Bill Van Vagel will love this. Russia's 2112 was his favorite yes. music to listen to. Oh. Yes, Dune 2112. <laughs> what was that one? Was it called Childhood's End? The one with the, the yes. demon aliens? That one I remember being awesome. Yeah, we would listen to audiobooks. And yet sci-fi and action, I think mainly growing up is what we watched the most. Like you said, TOS, the original Star Trek series. Uh, what was at the time the Star Wars hexology? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and action movies too, like first blood and escape from New York. I still remember watching escape, escape mm-hmm. from New York for the first time with you. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think you're, you were about to lead into this, but we didn't really watch horror movies together that much. I mean, we saw things that were maybe borderline horror. I think we watched Coraline together, which, uh, yep. was a, that was like gateway horror for me, I yeah. would say Coraline. Cause that is, I would say in genre, it's primarily horror. Like what else is it? It's not really a drama or a romance or a comedy. It's a horror movie. It's just for children. But um, yeah, we kind of grew to enjoy horror separately. Um, And then we started to share love for horror. Like, Oh, I'm watching this. And he was like, Oh, that's awesome. You like that? I I like that too. And I was like, Oh, cool. Um, And uh, then we started talking about horror movies more and more. And then every time I would see him, we'd talk about horror movies and we thought, you know, why not just make a podcast? And, And I think I was the, the person that suggested originally the idea of yep. a horror movie podcast. Um, you did. But- it was, yeah, we, you know, his mother and I went through a divorce and back in 2014. And so he was about 11, you know, years old at the time and they moved away to Virginia. And, but he and I were, were messaging each other back and forth every day. Mm-hmm. And so one day he sends me a message says, dad, do you know of any, uh, horror movie podcasts. And I was not listening to horror movie podcasts at the time. I, I, you know, um, at the time I was traveling a lot and the podcasts I were, were listening to were either faith based or they were more just mainstream movie kind of things or whatever. And so I said, I don't know. And so I Googled and the first thing that came up was horror movie podcasts. Okay. And, and so I sent it to Jackson. And next thing I know, we were listening to that and listening to land of the creeps. And yeah, he, you know, you know, we had to separate, you know, unfortunately I'm here in Ohio and he was in Virginia and, and, you know, when he was 11. And so, but he just suddenly started this love of like asking me questions about John Carpenter movies. And he started asking me about George Romero and he starts asking me about Wes Craven. And he also starts asking me about metal. And I'm just like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Because <laughs> I was a metalhead and I was a horror movie fan starting when I was like 10 or 11. Right. And my parents didn't, no one in my family was a horror movie fan or a metalhead. Nobody, you know, my dad only watched John Wayne movies. Uh, my mom only watched rom-coms. Um, you know, my older brothers were kind of out of the picture by that time. They were older than me. My older sister was about ready to graduate. And so, you know, I discovered horror movies through a Saturday afternoon horror host out of Cleveland. And I discovered metal just on MTV, you know, at a friend's house. And then I turn around, I'm messaging my son back and forth and he's suddenly into horror movies and heavy metal. He's seven hours away at the same age. I'm like, is this genetic? (laughs) (laughs) 
So I don't, we're, I, we're around the same age, aren't we? I'm, I'm 48. Um, so I'm probably older than you. I'm 48. And, uh, but it's just Jackson will turn 18 here in a few months. And it's just, yeah, it's just strange. I mean, just both of us. I, I remember the very first, like growing up, like when I was around five or six, when I started watching Superhost out of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And he would play, I remember very distinctly being like six years old and seeing the Wolfman for the first time mm -hmm. and seeing Todd Browning's Dracula for the first time. And then when I was a little bit older and I could stay up later seeing Hammer films on Saturday nights and seeing Dracula has risen from the grave. I remember Dracula risen from the grave had like a real impact on me. And then one day I get a message from Jackson. I never mentioned it to him. All of a sudden he's like, Dad, I think Hammer's Dracula's Risen from the Grave is one of my favorite movies. I never mentioned it to him. And he just goes and he watched. And then, you know, it was bizarre how it all just kind of <laughs> came together and, and how he just kind of mirrored like all the stuff. And then, so yeah, he goes, We were listening to HP and then we were listening to LOTC. And, you know, we're listening to these podcasts together and we're talking about them. And then all of a sudden, he just sent me a message like, Do you ever want to do a podcast? I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. I don't know how to do a podcast. I don't. And we can do it. I'm not sure anybody's going to listen to it, but it's an excuse for me to hang out with my, you know, best little buddy. So well, he's not so little anymore. He's about <laughs> three or four inches taller than me now. But, um, you know, it was just an excuse to hang out with him. So we've been doing it ever since. Does that sound right to you, Jackson? Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I caught the podcasting bug uh, because, like you said, we, we both started listening to horror movie podcast, I think, around 2017. Yeah. And that was back when Jay of the Dead uh, hosted. And the, the episode that really hooked me and made me want to do a podcast were their Winter with Stephen King episodes. Mm. Um, I still remember that four years ago now, just about listening to horror movie podcasts while walking my dog in the dead quiet of a January night. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to because podcasts are just like a radio show. It's like a radio show that you're putting on the Internet that potentially more people will hear because of the current climate of things. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought that'd be great. And I knew that you tried to do a podcast of sorts with your friend, Jim. And I was there for one of your times you tried recording. I don't yeah. know if that ever that was ever released. Um, no, it was had some, never released. Because you guys had work, some technical bugs and stuff. Well, yeah, we had the laptop we recorded on Crash. But the, the bigger problem was poor Jimmy, who I love to death. He's a great guy. And Jackson's known since he was little. Jimmy Bay's my buddy. He just, he, he got so nervous and he wanted to be so scripted. And I was just like, yeah, I, I've got an outline I follow for our podcast, but it's like, at some point you got to throw the outline out, you know, mm -hmm. especially when we have somebody like, you know, when we've had people like Gilman Joel or Dr. Shock on or something like that. Good luck <laughs> right. with an outline. You know, yeah. when, when Dave goes off on a tangent, which we love and we talk, he, he always apologizes. Dave's always like, I'm so sorry for going off tangents. Like <laughs> why your tangents are fantastic. Don't you know, but it kind of goes out the window and poor Jimmy just, he, he had to stick to script and he was just getting, he was like taking shots of whiskey in between, you know, <laughs> talking. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna give this guy a heart attack. Just talking about movies. We got to nip this in the bud. So, uh, but Jackson and I have always just had, just had a blast doing it. And it's just, yeah, it was just weird. He just, we grew up, you know, I, I raised him watching, you know, we started with cartoons and, and, then we went from there because I think the very first one of the first cartoons I showed you was like the Clone Wars. Was that it, Jackson? Star Wars, the Clone yeah, Wars? Yeah, we would watch the Clone Wars every Saturday. And um, yeah, definitely. And that, that see, here's the thing. Sci-fi, I feel like, is a really good gateway into horror. Because once you're a fan of sci-fi as a kid, you can watch sci-fi horror. And then from yeah. that, you just bridge right into horror. So I think that's really 
exactly where it came from because I feel like sci-fi and horror are the closest genre-wise. They share a lot of the same things because you think sci-fi, you think of aliens, and often those aliens are scary, and then that leads to stuff like like Alien with uh, with Ripley, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I I think you you pointed the seed in my mind. And I, I, I just had to come across it naturally, you know, because I think if you if you had like shoved it down my throat that I wouldn't have liked it. I was like, oh, I'm a teen. You know, I'm rebellious. I, I'll like what I want to like. But since I came across it on my own and thought I was discovering these things, you know, like Hammer movies, I was like, you know, oh, I like Hammer. Nobody else likes Hammer. And I'm like, my dad at the same age as me liked Hammer. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do some like Punnett Square genetic stuff to figure this all out because, <laughs> because it did just happen around the same time. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Maybe it was maybe it was spiritual. I don't know. It was like I remember picking you driving down to Virginia to see you and we were driving around. I asked what music you wanted to listen to. And you're like 13 and you're, you're like Motley Crue. And I kind of looked, I was like, Motley Crue, really? Cause Motley Crue is one of my five favorite bands of all time. And it's like, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? And so, yeah, just it just kind of all came together and he did it right. If I remember correctly, Jackson, like when I first really fell in love with modern horror, cause my, my parents were pretty strict. They didn't care if I watched black and white horror movies and stuff when I was right. a kid, they, they didn't care. And my dad watched the wolf man when he was a kid. So he didn't care if I was watching it. And so, but I went over to a buddy's house and spent the night and, and we were kind of loaded up on pizza and caffeine, like, you know, drinking like a, who knows how much Mountain Dew and all that other kind of stuff. And we're up all night. And I think we watched fast times at Ridgemont high on cable. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we watched hell night with Linda Blair Yeah. And that was the very first unedited modern horror movie I ever saw. And even though it's pretty tame by today's standards, Mm -hmm. I was like 11 years old. I'd never seen anything like it. And I was just hooked. And then after that, I was like looking for anything I could get. And within like a couple months, I saw Friday 13th part two, which is still my favorite Friday 13th. And I saw the howling and Jackson was like, he's told me, he was like, you know, if I remember correctly, Jackson's like the first time you saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like you're sleeping over at a friend's house and you just like pulled out your iPad and started watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, because I had heard about all these movies and I thought I had seen them, right? Because I'd seen clips and in, in TV shows and and on YouTube videos and stuff, but you you haven't really seen a movie till you sit down and watch it from credits to credits. And uh, I was up, you know, at a friend's house and everybody else was asleep and I couldn't fall asleep because there was no space. I was between the bed frame of one bed and the door. And I was like, like crawled up, like curled up in there. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just giving up on this. I'm, I'm just going to watch a movie. And uh, yeah, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think that's, you know, that's we I remember us watching old black and white movies. Together. I, I remember us watching The Wolfman together as well. So maybe that's a tradition. But, um, you know, those aren't really when you're a kid, you don't think those are really horror, right? You're not scared. You're more like, this is awesome. The Wolfman is cool. And um, but yeah, what you you've eventually just got to you got to put on your big boy pants, strap up and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that's my advice for every kid out there in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It'll it'll make you a man. Yeah. Um, but yeah and and um yeah i was so excited that that i had somebody to confide in you know about the stuff and talk about horror and talk about metal and um yeah just just so happened that our interests aligned almost completely we almost completely on everything we have one thing that we disagree on in, in, in our music taste and that's that i like grunge music and he hates it 
Um, <laughs> yep. But, uh, but you know, we both agree that Motley Crue is the most awesome hairband of all time, except maybe Guns N' Roses, because I know you love that. Axel I don't Rose. consider them a hairband, but they, they okay. only had big hair in one video. But I, um, right. um, yeah, that's true. That's probably our only disagreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have a similar, you know, background. I grew up, it was actually probably more my mom, because she was the, uh, she didn't watch a whole lot, but she read like every Stephen King book. She had first editions of mm. everything. So when I was in, you know, I think fifth grade, I did a book report on Cycle of the Werewolf, you know, and everyone's oh, like, nice. what? And I'm like, mom, yeah, was, <laughs> mom, can I do a report on this book? Yeah, sure. You know? And, uh, you know, read Night Shift when I was in, you know, sixth grade and, you know, all this. So I kind of grew up there. As far as the movies, um, up until I was about maybe seventh grade, her rule was let me watch it first. And I said, okay. And as long as it didn't have, like, a bunch of nudity, she was like, you're fine. So... You know, she was like, well, what do you want to watch? Oh, I want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, so she'd watch it and then come back and go, well, I didn't particularly care for it, but there's no reason why you can't watch it. Yeah, well, today, I mean, you guys know this. Oh, like, man. Today, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be PG. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I love people who go on, oh, I hate PG-13 or PG movies. I'm like, oh, like Poltergeist? Exactly. Like, like, change up, like Jaws. Exactly. You know, you're picking three of my favorites right here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, Texas Chainsaw, it's, it's, it's just incredible because there's no nudity. There's no. very little profanity. There's not really any gore. No. No. It's all psychological and it's, it's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that was one that TT was like, have I watched Leatherface yet? I'm like, no, you <laughs> haven't. Because we ran, we ran through, uh, we ran through Friday the 13th. I had her close her eyes at a couple of parts, except for part five. Um, I wasn't exposing her to that yet or Killian. Well, there are many reasons why you shouldn't expose anybody to part five, but. <laughs> Well, that, that was your first Friday, Dad. That was your for, first it, foray. Into well, the it was series. the first one I saw in the theater. Yeah, that oh, was weird. Yeah. When I turned 13, for whatever reason, my parents were like, you know, I could go see R-rated movies when I turned 13. The theater down the street from us was owned by a friend of my dad's. And so they just kind of gave carte blanche. It was like, as long as it's not a sex movie, if it's action or if it's a scary movie, he likes scary movies, he can see it. Yeah. And so I would go up there and they would, and so I saw my very first two horror movies that I saw in the theater, real horror movies. I'd seen gremlins, but right. like grown up horror movies were Friday 13th part five and nightmare on Elm street two. Oh, wow. And it's amazing. I kept coming back, but those were the first two that I saw. Yeah. See, that's another one we went through. Well, we did nightmare on Elm street, then nightmare on Elm street three and four. And then Freddy vs. Jason, I did with her. So that was funny because two, I get all kinds of crap sometimes from people when I talk about how much I hate two, and people are like automatically assume because I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. Oh, it's because I'm a, I must be a homophobe for hating two. It's like, no, I hate two because it doesn't make any sense. Why does Freddy want to get out of the dream world where he's like a demigod? It doesn't make any sense. Right? <laughs> it's stupid. It's just a stupid movie. 
And then you got a parakeet exploding. I mean, it's dumb. <laughs> yep. And then, well, with Killian, I've been trying. I was trying for a while with him. Like, he he loved the zombie stuff for a while. Right, yeah. He, he would do that. And then, like, for Mortal Kombat, he gets all the downloadable characters, the DLCs and stuff, and we play. And then I try to trap him because we've got, you know, Jason. So I'm like, well, now you got to watch every Friday the 13th with me. Or Leatherface, he got Leatherface, and I'm like, well, now you gotta watch Texas Chainsaw with me. And he's like, no, you know, he's 13, <laughs> so he's going, no, and his eight year old sister's like, I'll watch it with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's gotten through a whole lot more than he than yep. he has. Even Nico's gotten through some that he couldn't get through. Yeah, like Banana Splits. Yeah, the banana. We had both girls watch the Banana Splits movie, and Killian couldn't do get through that. Yeah. So, so isn't it it strange how that works? I've got a buddy, uh, Ricky Irvin, who was on our podcast back. uh, Jackson was at scream that Ricky did with us, the original scream. Yep. And she goes to my church and, and she's, you know, she loves horror movies and she has two daughters and they both hate them. And it's just, it's strange how that, you know, you grow up together in this family and you think you have this kind of similar family dynamic, but you can have, you know, three people in, in a family and one of them love horror movies and the two of them not or two of them do and one of them doesn't. It's 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 really odd. Yeah. I'd say probably in this family at this point, Killian is the only one who doesn't. Right. But now there are, I am not a slasher fan. Right. That's not the kind of horror that I, I mean, I'll watch it, but it's not my favorite. Right. Yeah. I don't like modern slashers so much. I I think they're missing something. Now, Jackson and I both liked Freaky. Is that would you say that's fair, Jackson? Yeah, but I'd say Freaky is just as much like a like a comedy body switch thing as it is a slasher. You know, you don't have to love Friday the thirteenth to like Freaky. Yeah, but it's just lately like random acts of violence or open twenty-four hours. Modern slashers just seem to me to be somewhat more mean-spirited as strange yeah. as that sounds than though like friday 13th or the halloweens or you know something like that i mean is that dino you said yeah i mean you get that as well yeah yeah i i agree like i watched uh random acts of violence and and i didn't i didn't enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah i mean i didn't hate it but i did i didn't have fun with it like a friday uh, right. 13th movie yeah exactly Exactly. I mean, even the uh, the new Halloween, which, you know, ramped up the kill, you know, because once again, look at Halloween, you know, the original Joan Carpenter one, aside from, you know, the very beginning, that would have been a PG movie. Yeah. You know, but the new one, they ramped up the kills, they ramped up, but it was still, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. I think I think that goes something to Danny McBride, you know, yeah, doing it and him growing up being an 80s sl- uh, slasher fan. And so I think he kind of brought a spirit of that into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will make a comment on the on the Halloween. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it at dinner last night? 
TT made the comment that she doesn't consider Halloween to be a scary movie. Because mm-hmm. she goes, what's so scary about watching somebody stare at other people? Because <laughs> he did nothing. He walked around and stared oh, at people the man. whole movie. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my boy. You are desensitized, little girl. <laughs> I would I, I tell you what would scare me more than anything. And we've got I because I I live in Appalachia. I live in kind of the country. It's in a cul-de-sac, but it's you know, it's not in a city or anything. And we've got a, a, a garage out in our back and a storage facility. And we've got a motion detector out there when that motion detector goes off. Yeah, I freak out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even though it's usually like a dog or something like that, it's just, you know, I'm if I go out there and I see somebody with a sack head, like a sack head, Jason, or somewhere with a mask out there, you know, I, I'm, I'm, there may be a little bit of the Monty Python run away, you know. <laughs> hey, everybody. At this point in the call, we had an issue with our Zoom. So we're going to go to commercial break. Commercial break. Hey there. Do you like death, ghosts, and Hollywood history? Why are you whispering? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's creepy. And so are we. I'm Tia. And I'm Patrick. And we're hosts of Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast. We're here to research everything evil and bring it right to your ear for your convenience. Our next season, we'll be discussing such morbid topics as the Black Dahlia, the darker side of Disneyland, possessions, and much, much more. Plus, we get to share our crazy stories with guest hosts, fellow podcasters, and especially you. So come hang out with some weirdos who are mad about the macabre, 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 Dark stuff. Yeah, dark stuff. And get ready for some of Hollywood's biggest haunted secrets to be revealed. You can check us out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this is Crazy Keith at Say It Podcast. Looking for a show with hosts that are off their rockers? Well, we have a podcast for you. We have crazy jokes, good jokes, great jokes, and hilarious jokes. We offend big people, small people, stupid people, smart people, and even ourselves. We have a Facebook page, a Twitter feed, and have a podcast host. So please check us out at Say It Podcast because our podcast is insane. Problems we've ever had recording are with Dino and Michelle, and then we recorded with Jay of the Dead, and then with like two weeks, that episode just disappeared, and we have no idea why. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, all the people we've had of, you know, with the exception of Ricky of Faith, every, you know, everything has gone sideways at one point or another. It's... <laughs> That's kind of bizarre. <laughs> Satan doesn't want brothers in Christ talking about horror. It's he not. Finds that, he finds that sacrilegious. <laughs> well, I, well, I did a, uh, I did an episode with uh, Damien Maffei. From- yeah, I remember that. The sackhead from The Strangers, right? Yeah. yeah. And I did, I did a second one with him. It was him and Elsie Holt, but they're doing, they're doing a new movie called Times Up with uh, Felissa Rose and I had them on and we recorded and 
I couldn't use, we recorded for about an hour and a half and I couldn't use any of the audio. Oh, that stinks. I was like, oh, and they were, you know, because at first we tried Skype and it kept cutting out. Then we went to Zoom and it seemed fine until I went to go play it back to edit. And I couldn't use anything. So it's I, just, I, it's just weird. I mean, it's just some of the things that have happened. It's just really bizarre. And so I, I, I don't know. And poor, my poor wife, Megan, when we tried to record on 28 days later, she probably spent four hours trying to piece it together yeah. and she just could not get it. And she was like, well, I can kind of put something together, but they're going to be gaps. I'm like, what kind of gaps? It's like, well, in the middle of sentences, I'm like, oh no, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to, oh, which stinks. Cause you, oh man, you, you guys had such great insight on, on 28 days later. So, uh, we got it. We've got to try that again at some point where, you know, yeah. uh, we make sure that the software is not all buggy, but, um, yeah, I remember that episode you did with Damien Maffei. And that's strange because I was just going to bring that up. You were talking about somebody looking out the window. Yeah. I remember that scene where Liv Tyler is standing there and he's back. You can just see his face barely through the window, the sackhead. Oh, man, that, that movie freaks me out. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm sure he doesn't have fond, you know, he doesn't have uh, fond feelings towards the sequel, but since he wasn't asked to, to come back for whatever reason. Well, no, but, he was actually, he was in the sequel. He was, oh, was he really? He was the sackhead from the sequel. Oh, okay. I got him backwards then. Yep. But he was, um, Jackson and I went to the filming locations for that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. cause it's just about what, an hour and a half from here, Jackson, something like that. And yeah, we had to, we had to travel some pretty weird back roads though. And we were wondering how they got trailers and stuff back there. Yeah. There were a couple of turns. You were wondering like how do they get trucks and trailers up here, but there's yeah, there's one state park where they filmed in, but that was a blast, man. Because we went there and the store, if you remember from Strangers Pray at Night, remember the store when they get to the trailer park? Yeah, that store is run by an elderly couple who are Jackson. Tell them, I mean, the sweetest people on the face of the planet. And they were talking about the crew and the cast, and I guess Damien was one of them because they were talking about the entire cast was like begging the owners to be in the movie, do like a cameo in the movie. And this lady who owns the store is probably like 80 years old. <laughs> and she said she told one of the cast members and she thought it was one of the killers. So it may have been Damien. She goes, she goes, look, she goes, you guys are shooting all at night. And quite frankly, though, I'm sure, I'm sure I would be a star. I value <laughs> my sleep more. And so she, she refused, but she said the cast and even the cast who plays the killers were constantly like inviting her to her and her husband to eat dinner with them before they started shooting. So they were just the sweetest people. They had nothing but good things to say. Isn't that right, Jackson? Oh yeah. And, and I, I totally, you know, I was like, Oh, how could you give up a chance to be in strangers at night? And then I thought about it and it's like that. What did they, they wanted her to have like corn syrup blood on her head, you know, and she's going to have to be up there at like 1am in the morning. I was like, I get it. I get it. I don't think she totally understood what was going on. I mean, cause like, cause she was surprised. Like, why would they want our store, you know, for, for a, for a big movie? Why'd they want our store? And they didn't realize it's because they wanted that authentic feel, you know, they wanted to really shoot it on location. And well, and it was right next to the pool, right? Right. right? The, the iconic right, pool scene. Yeah. That just right up the hill from the pool and, and going to see that pool was fantastic. Cause that, you know, if, you know, if somebody walked up to me and said, okay, please explain to me what a horror movie is. I think one of the first scenes I would show them would be the pool scene from strangers pray at night. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
Oh, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I remember you did that interview. For some reason, I was thinking it was the other way around. But yeah, that's that's fantastic. You guys, we just had the guys from um, uh, Real Talk um, podcast yeah. on this past weekend and uh, for a show that'll come out here in a few days. And uh, I, I told them the same thing I'll tell you. Usually, I, I'm not a big fan of when horror podcasts do interviews. Mm-hmm. Typically, I just like when H&P does it, it's usually just, you know, I, I don't know. It's I don't find it as interesting. But uh, Real Talk had on John Carpenter's wife and John jumped on for a few questions. And then and you guys had Damon, you guys have had some people on. You guys do a good job. You guys do a good job. Uh, I think you need to teach Wolfman Josh on how to do interviews <laughs> on horror podcasts because <laughs> you guys, you guys do a really good job. And I just, other times when I listen to podcasts, I just kind of get kind of zone out. And maybe it's because you guys and the guys from real talk, you guys come across as very authentic and, and I, I can't stand it when people who do, you know, independent podcasts try to sound like they're working for entertainment tonight or something like that. And then you just get the canned responses right mm-hmm. See, i can't stand that <laughs> and and i was talking with a uh lady uh yesterday on facebook because she was asking about you know how much you know prep do you do for an interview or whatever and i said honestly i said i i do enough so that i know what questions i want to ask but you don't, I don't do it. I don't have them written down. No, just... but I don't want the answer. I don't want to know the answers to the questions I'm asking because I want to learn something from my interview. Good for you. Yeah, that comes across because I just I just can't stand those canned like, you know, I, there was one podcast I was listening to a couple of years ago. I won't say which one it was, but they were interviewing someone from an iconic horror movie. And it went on for like an hour and 15 minutes and probably an hour, that hour and 15 minutes were like canned responses that you'd expect to get at any kind of, you know, water bottle tour promo kind of thing. I can't stand that. Well, and, and let me, I'm sorry. No, well, I was going to say, yeah. I think a, I'm going to um, say a lot of that is Dino. <laughs> and I think a lot of it comes, you know, from his authentic love of horror. Yeah. And it's, and I, I think a lot of times that's why I either let him take the lead mm-hmm. or I actually even back out all the way because I know, you know, I like horror, but I don't have <laughs> that same passion for it that he does. Right. right. You know, right. And, and so I will take my step back mm-hmm. when I need to take the step back and let him take that. That's why I think even on a lot of those interviews, it is yeah. you. Yeah. Well, and uh, going back to my interview with Damien, that one came off because I had received a screener for Haunt when that was coming. Oh, yeah. So I had received it, and I said, oh. So I contacted him on Twitter and said, hey, I just got your screener for Haunt. Would you be willing to come on and talk to me about it? And he's like, yeah, dude, anytime, you know, let me know. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. You know, the guy's approachable. Yeah. Well, the screener wouldn't work. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't watch crap. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to bait and switch him. I'm going to let him know that I wasn't able to watch the movie beforehand. 
So that morning, I contacted him and said, listen, man, in full disclosure, I don't want to waste your time. I didn't have a chance to watch your screen, or I'm really sorry. Do you want to either put this off or, you know, I'll, I'll try to get another screener from the PR guy. And he's like, no, man. He goes, don't even worry about that. We'll mention the movie, but I just want to talk horror with you. That's and awesome. I'm like, dude. <laughs> and we talked for an hour and a half. We found out we actually went to the same college. Um, we were contemporaries at the same college. I actually saw him in a uh, play. Long yeah, he's, he's from New York, right? Yeah, he's from yeah. Long Island. Yeah. And, you know, we went to National Community College at the same time, and I saw plays that he was in. And so it was a big circle. And it turned out even some of the really bad films that he was in, I knew people that were in those films too. So, wow. you know. And I was doing the furthest thing from horror, you know. I, I, I was actually going to school to be a funeral director at the time. That's not that far from horror. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not that far from from horror, yeah. That, but uh, research. I, I, yeah, I worked in a funeral home when I was in college. Yeah, that, that was a trip. But I, the funny thing was I just realized, you know, Haunt was shot in northern Kentucky, 45 minutes away from where they shot strangers pray at night. So Damien's got a lot of experience spending time in the bluegrass States. <laughs> That's yeah. gotta be weird. Gotta be weird for a guy from long Island to be spending that much time in Kentucky, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah, that was, that was really, really fun. Now I know one thing that made me love your podcast right away and made me sit back and go, I think this is parenting done right, right here. Is that Jackson at the time you had said that your favorite movie was Creature, Black, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, still, still in my top 20 movies and definitely top 10 horror. But um, yeah, and, and Creature from the Black, and I love all those classic universal things, but there's something about the perfect, and Creature from the Black Lagoon, it's a perfect blend of 50s schlock sci-fi, like radiation, nuclear sci-fi, mixed with that classic golden age horror. And I think that, that mixes so perfectly in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, so yeah, that, that was my favorite horror movie for a long time. And again, but that was just, you know, he just planted the seed in my mind of sci-fi. And I just, you know, arrived at that naturally because yeah, we would watch 50s uh, sci-fi stuff together. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember watching, was it Them? The one with the giant yes. ants? We yes. watched that together. Yeah. And, you know, that's not that far of a departure from Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that he raised me right watching those, you know, introducing <laughs> me to black and white, letting me know that black and white isn't something to be scared of because, you know, it's just it's just another way of telling a story. And I think the lighthouse recently proved that even if it's in black and white, it can still be, it can still keep your interest and feel like a real story between people. And um, yeah, because so many people are scared, like people my age, they're scared to watch a movie that's either silent or black and white. And, and I think the reason is it doesn't feel like now. It doesn't feel like what they're used to. But once you watch enough of them, you realize it's all the same. People are the same. People have been the same decade to decade. They're telling human stories. Um, so once my dad introduced me to that stuff, I just kind of was felt free to, you know, run wild and, and discover stuff on my own. Right. Now, let me ask you, you are uh, pursuing a, a career in film. Is it 
writing and directing or I mean, it, do you want to kind of do the whole carpenter route of writer, director, producer, uh, music, the whole the whole nine? Yeah, I don't know if I could do every job. I, I don't think I'm skilled enough in music like score wise to do what what John Carpenter does. I don't I'm not as good at the keys as he is. But um, yeah, so far, it's been all me writing and directing my little short videos and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I would love to direct somebody else's script, but I don't know who would trust me with that. <laughs> you know, they work on that for their baby, you know, their baby script. They're not just going to hand it to me. I got to prove myself first. And I think the only way that I'd be able to prove myself is if I write that script and direct it myself. So I think that's my foot in the door is writing my own script and directing it. But then eventually I would love to adapt somebody else's script and turn it into a movie because I think that takes a lot of the burden off of me. I'm not so much in my head you know i wrote these words now i gotta adapt them exactly the way that i was writing them instead of letting the movie be like a fluid breathing living thing instead of letting it adapt to what would be best i've got to make it rigid and stick to the script and when i've got somebody else's script and somebody else to talk to about it i feel like you know the movie would be better as a result okay well, and you may jackson because you know you've got you know, because you, you're heading to film school, you know, here in, in less than a year, here in about, you know, eight months, you'll be heading to film school, uh, maybe even, you know, shorter than that. And like Carpenter met Dan O'Bannon in film school, you know, and they started right. to partner up and talk and all that other kind of stuff. And so you never know, you may meet somebody, you know, like that. I still am blown away listening to stories, you know, about back in the like early 70s. This is pre-Jaws. You know, where I remember seeing an interview with like Margot Kidder, where she had a house on the beach and Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Brian De Palma, Martin Scorsese and John Milius are all hanging out together. Wow. Yeah. And Francis Ford Coppola. None of them. This is pre Godfather. This is pre, you know, some of them are doing work for Corman. Spielberg's doing TV stuff and they're all just hanging out together and talking about movies. And they became like the Long Beach Mafia, you know, and and, you know, you never know how that kind of stuff is going to is going to happen. The people you meet and, and, and so forth. You know, when I ran off to Hollywood, I, you know, I was just a kid who wanted to go to Hollywood. And I was lucky enough that my brother was already kind of in and people kind of took me under their wing. And I started getting introduced to all these people left and, and right. I remember when I decided to leave Hollywood back in uh it was late 90 i left in 91 but 90 i'd made the decisions i'm getting out of here i just don't i'm i'm a better movie buff than a movie filmmaker and but when i left two of the people that really kind of took me under their wing one was a was a guy over at walt disney and another guy was a producer at that time he was associate producer for a tv show called uh, major dad uh, a guy by the name of todd stevens and I do have some, sometimes I look back at the regrets because the guy who was at Disney ended up being the music supervisor for the movie Backdraft. And he would have hired me for that. And then the guy who was my kind of my mentor who helped me when I was directing music videos for Latin MTV, he went on to produce Friends. So, <laughs> you know, but, you know, the things that could have been, but the other hand, it's just, you just run into these people and you never know where things are going to, things are going to go. So I just, you know, I, I kind of have the same hope for Jackson. You know, he's he's going to film school on the East Coast and he eventually wants to go to Hollywood. But, you know, the way things are now, you you know, you you make all these short films, you throw them up on YouTube or you put them into a festival and 
and you can catch fire. And next thing you know, you, you know, you've got some kind of fellowship at AFI or Sundance and, and you just kind of run that way and you get to know people that way and you make friends that way. And, and so it's, it's a wild ride. And, and, um, I'm, I'm a little scared because I know how tough Hollywood can be, but at the same time, I really look forward to see what Jackson will do. And I'm, I, I, I think about it all the time and I talk to his grandparents all the time about it. It's like, you know, cause they're always like, are you sure you want him to run off to Hollywood to be a filmmaker? And I'm like, well, yeah, I want him to do it because he wants to do it. And, you know, I don't regret going to Hollywood, even though I left after a couple of years, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm now I'm 48 years old. And the worst thing you can have pushing 50 is gosh, if I had only. Right. Uh-huh. Well, I gave it my shot you know, and it didn't work out, but I gave it a shot and I want Jackson to have that shot and whether he makes it or not, I want him to, to go for it. And he loves movies. He loves making movies. He also loves editing movies. And I want him to be able to go and say, Hey, I gave it my best shot. And whether I end up being a Spielberg with a couple of Oscars and a and billion dollars, or whether I end up, you know, <clears throat> making a few independent movies and then going to do something else, or, you know, whatever he does, I, I want him to go for it. And I know that no matter what happens, he'll, you know, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders and he's a, he's a good person. He's never been in trouble. Uh, unlike me as a teenager, he's actually been a good person. And, um, you know, I tell him all the time when I tell him Hollywood stories, do as I say, not as I did. And, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, and, you know, he, he does, he's done volunteer work and, south america and central america he's volunteered at his church he's never been in trouble he makes good grades you know and he just wants to make horror movies and so i say go for it and i i you know he's a christian but i you know scott derrickson started off as a christian going to biola and he ended up making sinister and you know all these other kind of movies so mm-hmm. yeah i say go for it i can't wait for him to go for it wonderful wonderful yeah that is good parenting right there. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Okay. I think uh, I think we've covered this subject. I've really enjoyed talking with you guys. I really appreciate it. It's always a blast to talk to you guys. You guys are great. And uh, do you want to let us know your contact information, where, where your show could be found, and your website, and your Patreon, and all that great stuff? Sure. Jackson, go for it, buddy. Yeah, well, you can check us out online at Father and Son Watch Horror Movie. That's uh, fatherandsonwatchhorror.com. Uh, we do it from there. You can find us on Spotify, um, iTunes, all kinds of places, everywhere that podcasts are. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like to think that we're kind of the sister podcast or the, you know, the, the we are related to her podcast and the fact that we're just we're real people talking about something that we're passionate about. We don't really have an agenda to push. We're just... We're just happy to be here and happy to have this community. Um, so yeah, check us out, listen to our podcast. And uh, we, we cannot wait until the day we can have you two back on to talk about a movie of your choice, um, because I'm sure that that episode will be fantastic. Uh, we Absolutely. Yeah, but this time before we record, I'm going to uh, go to one of my friends who's a Catholic priest and I'm going to get some holy water and a crucifix <laughs> and I'm going to pull up whatever software my wife says to use and I'm going to do a little exorcism before we start and then we can get going. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. Uh, All righty. Yep. And with that, guys, we're going to say, be decent to each other. Peace.
Hey, this is the father. I screwed it up. That's okay. <laughs> we go again. You ready? Are you ready yeah. now, Jackson? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs>